You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's the Game Guys Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was, at that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC. It's just amazing. Wes Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head and Chris Clark along with you. We are still waiting on Wes Mitchell to come in. Hopefully he can join us by the end of today's show. I want to thank, uh, say thanks again to James Hicks of the Gamecocks baseball team for joining us for the Garnet Trust Hour. As always, it was a great uh, interview, which you can hear shortly. I'll put it up on the podcast page at 1075thegame.com backslash podcast. As uh, man, we got we, we learned a lot there, and I, I certainly, in terms of athletes to talk to, I always love hearing pitchers' perspective on things because pitching is such a unique position in sports that requires not only the physical skill but the psychological and mental skill to do it so well. And uh, I really appreciated James kind of taking us inside the mind of a pitcher a little bit. Yeah, um, he's also hilarious, just low key. That that story that he told about losing the no hitter on Still a pitch he's him. never thrown was hilarious. That um, yeah, like we said, he's probably not going to make that mistake again. <laughs> and it probably he probably wakes up in the middle of the night at least once or twice sweating. a week, sweating, sweating, thinking about that. Yeah, that was brutal. But uh, no, really good stuff from James. Appreciate him joining. Um, also, former, not even high school, middle school quarterback. Yes. And uh, as Wes comes in, Wes, James told us, not sure if you got to hear this, he played a little quarterback. He was 140 pounds, went 0-19, um, only did, only saved, spared from going 0-20 because the game got rained out and said his best receiver on his team became a lineman the next year at high school. 0-19 uh, as a starter? I, I presume he was the starter. We didn't uh, yeah, that now, but so. it kind of seemed like it. Yeah, oh, I, I guess between 7th and 8th and eighth grade. Yeah. Um, for those who missed tough, it on, tough. on the last hour, I asked James if he'd ever thrown a no-no or how close he had gotten to one. And it was a junior college. He had one, had two outs left in the game, and he had been kind of tinkering with a splitter. I said it was a cutter. 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 Right. He had been tinkering with a cutter and had never thrown it in a game and decided to throw it in the game, and the guy hit it 400 feet. Did you ask why? Yeah, he just didn't really know. He just on a whim decided he was going to give it a shot. I was like, that's what you went with, huh? You decided that was the right time. And he's never thrown the cutter since. Yeah, he he literally shelved it. It was a a one and done. 
it, it kind of feels like that was maybe like a heat check almost. Like when a basketball player is like, oh, I'm going to pull from. He's like, I can't be hit today. I was, try, I was trying not to be like, like rub it in. Yeah. But it's a heat check. Like, oh, this guy can't even hit my pitch I've never even thrown before. Yeah. And then he blasts it. That was a bad decision. And he knows it. Yeah. You got you gotta go with um gotta go with what got you there. He did not in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh the cutter has been shelved since that time, never to be thrown again. It's one and done, one home run. And uh now he now he just goes eighty percent sinker. It's pretty much what he throws. Hey, if you have a great sinker, that's probably a good strategy been very very effective uh tyler i know you wanted to talk some hoops to open the show yeah uh big I, game big game last night uh welcoming in number two alabama and and colin and i were talking about this yesterday um <clears throat> previewing this game we were almost kind of going the silver linings route saying okay well just don't get beat by 50 points you know look promising look like you want to be out there look like you're motivated I don't think either one of us expected them to go toe-to-toe with Alabama the entire game and just come up short at the end uh, there in, ha- in uh, overtime. Yeah, I uh, actually took in the game. I dabble in a little bit of basketball watching. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was at the game last night and actually sat right near the Alabama bench. And the entire game was a very interesting experience. Um, of course, the game itself, but just the environment was good. I mean, there were a lot of students there. It was not a packed house at CLA or anything, um, but it was a loud crowd at times, for sure. Students were engaged. Crowd was engaged. Good many Bama fans there, mm-hmm. not just behind the Bama vent- bench. A lot of, lot of fans everywhere. Um, I guess they have some when they're ranked number two. They dabble in basketball as well. Um, they, they magically have become basketball fans. They come out of the woodwork. Yes. Um, so were you involved in the fight that actually stopped play at one point? <laughs> no comment. I was on the other side. Chris Gillespie, our photographer on Gamecock Central, have you seen the photo he took? No. The, oh, I think it was the fight. Is it on Twitter? It's, uh, I need to tweet it out. Okay. It's on our, it's or, on our. No, people need to go to Gamecock Central. Actually, that, that's it. right. Yeah. Go to Gamecock, GamecockCentral.com. Yeah. Go to the photo gallery up there titled. Have you seen the title? South Carolina almost in right place at right time. Psh, Tyler, that's where you play the, you know, the, the drum cymbal sound. Oh, wait a minute. Phenomenal. I got to turn my pot up. Say that again. South Carolina almost in right place at right time. Boom. Almost. Almost. But I the, almost have a voice today. I, I hear that. Um, I saw a guy get escorted from the game. I think this photo was going around. He he literally walked in in an orange jumpsuit, Department of Corrections. There was a fight. There mm-hmm. were multiple people. Here's one thing I was told very reliably is that people in the crowd, and I think mainly this is like people in floor seats, were told not to make any comments about what we will dub as the situation with Alabama lest you be thrown out of the game. And I saw a lot of people escorted from seats up higher that were causing a problem. But that was interesting. Uh, Brandon Miller was booed every time he got the ball. One of the Alabama players on the bench, 
and I, I made sure to see this several times because I didn't want to spread around something that wasn't true, decided, or I would say he probably didn't think about it, to make uh, the, the like, three-pointer, like, the gun symbol every time Brandon Miller hit a three. Probably not the best choice. Wait, you know the best way to make people comment on the situation is to tell them not, not to comment to on comment. the situation. I, yeah. I, I did see a lot of on, like, Twitter before the game, the people in, like, the orange jumpsuits, and I assume they probably weren't going to let them inside because I didn't see any of it, like, on the broadcast. And like, people, like, had some, like, crude signs and stuff like that. Like, I figured they were probably going right. to crack down on it so it wouldn't be, like, as big of a situation once I got inside. This has become a thing, the situation. Yeah, but, I mean, Alabama, I mean, seriously, the way that... um. And obviously, the, the the bigger story is, like, what happened was obviously terrible, no matter what you think about, you know, Brandon Miller and what fault he is of it. I found the picture, by the way. It's pretty phenomenal, isn't that's, it? That's that's a good one. Very good one. We'll make sure. Uh, I'm going to send that out with the link, Wes, and the photo okay. so that the people can see it and click on the Chris's gallery on Gamecock Central. I'm, I'm glad he captured that. But um, as it turned out, Brandon Miller, just too much for South Carolina. Um, you know, you could tell Lamont Paris was pretty broken up afterwards, you know, about his team not being able to get it done because they played so well um, for the most part. I mean, made a lot of shots, roasted the occasion a bunch. This is an Alabama team that's been just destroying people in conference play. And, uh, you know, Miller was the difference, really, 41 points. And, and a lot of people nationally will look at last night and say, oh, Alabama, they weren't focused, they were distracted given everything that was going on. Miller had a career-high 41 points. I don't think you can use that excuse of Alabama was just having an off night. No, South Carolina legitimately went step-for-step step with them the entire game. Yeah, th- there was no... I-, I heard some people talking about that before the game or at the game. Ah, well, Alabama may be fractured or something like that. They've... They've leaned into all this. I mean, I, I literally was 10 feet from their bench. Uh, every time Brandon Miller got the ball and did something good, which was a lot, you know, their bench just erupted. Um, that there, there was none of that. And so, um, you know, Greg Byrne, the Alabama AD, was at the game. I know sometimes ADs travel to away games, but not all the time. I think he saw fit to go to this one given the circumstances. Nate Oates had some comments. I know after the game, they didn't want to be asked about anything. But, of course, as you guys said, the number one way to uh, make sure that happens is to say don't ask or talk about this. Miller as a player. One of the best I've seen. Definitely one of the best that's ever played against Carolina in that arena, I think. Offensively, there's no doubt. I mean, you look, he had the tying shot at the end of regulation. He what tied it up. No, he he put them up mm-hmm. twice late in the game. Mm-hmm. Not just the game winner because Carolina answered back. Yep. To his first would have been game winner. Michi gets to the basket and then he hits the actual game winner. Carolina was in a really tough spot if you really want to get into the game itself. They had to play two guys that had four fouls. And 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. There were a couple of times late where Carolina, I know, wanted to contest. But one, one of those baskets, you had Michi and Josh Gray. Um... Josh Gray playing on one leg at one point. It looked like looked like he was cramping up, and you know they they were just in a bad spot. I mean, you could tell. I'm sure. I mean, it was noticeable on TV. I'm sure it's probably even more noticeable at the game itself. Carolina just looked gassed because basically they had what six, seven guys that played most of the game, and um, it was. I, I really really dislike. You know, the whole moral victory thing. Yeah. Um, but you do hate it for those kids because they absolutely played their hearts out in this game. And, you know, I say this about Lamont Paris. There was some talk about, you know, is this team getting better? Are players getting better? I think absolutely there are signs the team is getting better. And, I mean, look at look at the progress, I think, of Josh Gray, especially as a defender and a rebounder. Look at the progress of Jacoby Wright, who the last, um, I don't know where the cutoff is. I think that number's growing. Last five, six, seven games has played very, I mean, this kid was unconscious at one point yesterday and did not seem, the, the moment did not seem too big for him either. He hit several shots and was able to create, Carolina was able to get open um, down the stretch of the game. He had Michi, Gigi, and Jacoby Wright, who all scored, I think, about the same in this game. But uh, you just really hated it for the for the guys because they were up to the challenge with a team that actually probably is a national championship contender. And Alabama, in order to win the game, had to get. I mean, that was a all time offensive performance. Yeah, it, it was incredible. Um, and and Brandon Miller could do everything. I mean, he he can shoot from outside. Um. He's got, you know, he can get to the basket. Uh, I know Lamont Paris pointed out that he's stronger than you think. He, you know, those two uh, baskets he made, the one to the one in uh, regulation and the one in overtime to win it, you know, driving in a lefty layup, you know, his, with his offhand. It made it look easy. I mean, su- super easy. I mean, just no problem at all. Um, he's just got kind of everything in his repertoire. And Carolina, you know, the. They're outmanned, to be honest, from just a talent and depth standpoint against a lot of teams that they play, actually, in the conference. Against Alabama, it's even more noticeable normally. Last night, it was not. It's like you said, Wes. I mean, they were they were toe-to-toe with them. Jacoby Wright has definitely gone from, it's not just like a, I don't know, like a cute story. Like, he is legitimately, like, risen to the occasion and improved he 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 looks super confident. I mean the the pull up mid range game that he showed. Gigi Jackson showed why he was a five star. He can get his shot, and he was you know Brandon Miller was guarding him a lot of the game. He can get any shot he wants at any time, and so when he's able to be aggressive, get to the basket, shoot the outside shots. When Michi's hitting outside shots, 
when they're moving half the ball. court shots, <laughs> half court shots. That last shot, but yeah, he almost hit two of them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, my angle it was right, I was like, that's on mine, and it just missed. But when when you know this team has a chance, that was kind of a you mentioned Brandon Miller's kind of all time performance. That was a little bit of an unconscious to steal your word performance from South Carolina at times. I think it shot forty three percent from three. You're not going to do that, replicate that every game. Um, but it was it was a great effort. I, I picture Michi Johnson being the guy that stands at half court and shoot three, shoots three-pointers before practice. He has to, right? As far as he shoots them from anyway, yeah, like he's got to be the guy that's practicing those more than most. A pull-up from yeah. half court. Well, the, the one he hit at the buzzer at halftime, <laughs> I mean, it was kind of a heave, but it wasn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't a prayer. It was. It, it was definitely a shot. A, that was a shot. practice shot. Yeah, because he got right to. I guarantee he has stood right at center court and uh, taken that shot a million times. Because he he looked like he was getting to a spot and well, then drilled it. Yeah, most of his threes come from the parking lot anyway. He's. I mean, he's that guy. He's that guy at recess that just would cross half court and pull. And hey, when he's on South Carolina's, you just got a pretty good shot at winning. Talented player, man. He he's really come on. I thought the announcers made a good point too. Michi, I, I think, has made an effort to try to get to the basket a little bit more. So that's maybe freed him up to to get a little bit more room on some of those shots. So maybe he doesn't have to quite shoot it from, you know, twelve feet behind the arc. Right. Which I think we've seen at times. All right, gonna run into our first time out here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. As we do, I have another pair of tickets to give away. This for Sunday's baseball game against Penn. First pitch is going to be at 1.30 out at Founders Park. Be caller number 5 at 803-404-6100 to win yourself a pair of tickets. We'll be right back. 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you on this Thursday morning. And given Wes's voice situation, we're going to have to call Chris in from the bullpen to tell him about our friends over at Firehouse Subs today. D- nice little uh, reference there. Baseball. We're still going off James Hicks. Just don't throw the cutter. Yeah, don't, please don't throw the cutter. Don't throw the cutter. James also, Wes, a big food fan. Of course, we like to talk about food with everybody. I'm going to give you his food take, actually. See what you think about it, Wes, because I know you and I love talking food, too. But that did make me hungry when we were talking about it with James. Uh, I had a very small breakfast, and so for lunch, heavy consideration to hitting up one of the 14 Midlands Firehouse Subs location. The closest one to us here at the station is right over there on Main Street, where you can go get the sub of the day, which today is spicy Cajun chicken. Maybe not one of the ones you're used to hearing about at Firehouse Subs. Typically, it's the Firehouse Meatball, the New York Steamer, the Turkey Bacon Ranch. But you should definitely check out the Spicy Cajun Chicken at $7.99 for a medium. There's a sub of the day for every day at Firehouse Subs. And speaking of the Main Street location, guys, we're going to be out there tomorrow, 9 to noon, on location at Firehouse Subs, campus location right there on Main Street. Looking forward to going out there, talking about more Gamecock sports. Come on out there. Tyler, I understand. I think we'll be giving out some tickets there. Yes, too. that's what uh, Josh said. 
So yes, we always we we gave away so many tickets yesterday <laughs> with, with baseball now in full swing. We just have an unlimited amount of tickets every to give away, every it seems like. fifteen minutes. I think so. It, it so, really feels that way. So Josh and Tyler have both said there's unlimited tickets. Now not <laughs> unlimited <laughs> That's tickets. That's what you said. A lot of tickets. I'll okay. say that much. All right, a lot. So come out to Firehouse Subs tomorrow on Main Street uh, today. If you can't wait till tomorrow, which I don't blame you, I can't either. Get yourself the Firehouse Sub Sub of the Day. Firehousesubs.com, Rapid Rescue. Download the Firehouse Subs app and join the rewards program. So, Wes, James Hicks, his one of his food takes, um, asked him what he likes. Am I going to hate this or like this? Uh, you won't hate it. You won't hate it. He, okay. he may just say it's not for you. Um, he likes, he hits a burger joint that does not uh, partner with us for advertising. But uh, we are Firehouse Subs people here. But he likes... Uh, chips on a burger. They say what kind of chips? Barbecue. I mean, I I can get down with that. I can't say that I do that, but I'm not against it. That's Gives a great a great texture, uh, crisp texture. Um, yeah, I'm I'm here for it. So, my buddy, uh, shout out my buddy Joe. He will not eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich without having some type of chip on there. And there's actually another lunch place that does not partner with us that they have a PB&J that has like Doritos on it. So that I don't think that's a common thing, but it is a thing. And I, you know what? I feel like going back to grade school. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Did they call it grade school? I don't think they ever actually called it grade That's school. elementary school. Going back to elementary school. Wes is dating himself with the... <laughs> Grade school. Uh, back when I was in grade school. Um, Hickory Grove Share. No, did y'all, now, did y'all have a schoolhouse or was it a full? Did y'all have actual was a four classrooms? <laughs> back when the back teacher grade co- cooked uh, lunch on the stove the in the middle head. of the classroom. Yeah, did you, did you walk uh, um, three miles uphill? Up, uphill both ways. <laughs> Barefoot, broken glass and snow. In the snow. But no, nah, so I feel like that was a common thing. The kids would take their potato yeah. chips and crunch them up and put them on their ham and cheese on white bread. Yeah. So... I, I'm I'm exact same place as you. I you know whether it's the sandwich because I have tried that. I've not tried chips on a burger. I'm a little intrigued by it. Um, I'm probably not gonna. It's not gonna become a regular for me. But, but you don't know that you might like it so much. I, I can I can already tell you it's not gonna be. A I mean, it, it definitely would add good texture, the crunch yeah. to the softness yeah. of like the meat in the bun. Yeah. Where have have y'all ever had peanut butter on a burger? No, I've heard that's good. Uh, James also mentioned that. He likes that. I think I actually have, come to think of it. It's pretty good. I can see it. Yeah. Kind of the, the saltiness. Sweetness, you know, yeah. Creamy, yeah. Isn't that kind of an Elvis thing? Like, Well, the Elvis is the peanut butter and banana. banana. Yeah. Fried. But you have the Elvis burger. Yeah, that's right. I'm trying to think. Anyway. Yeah. I, I think on a burger, to add the texture, you also have to toast the bun a little bit. Can't have soggy bun. Definitely. Like well, the, the lettuce percent. is supposed to kind of be the te- the crunch too. If you have good lettuce, I feel like. Yeah. 
I, I to to make my burger, I watched Gordon Ramsay's tutorial on YouTube. Does he yell at you? No, he's actually pretty calm during it. He's okay. just like outside, I think, at his house, like his mansion. He just yells at other people cooking. Yeah. He um he's just very like, take your bug up. You know, he's just like very but it's it's delicious. And uh he makes that L word burger is what it's called. Like it's from his restaurant and he shows you how to make it. Really, really good. Did y'all get James to promise to bring us some food? You we did. actually didn't do that. Wow. Okay. We so missed on that. Did. Um, disappointed, but I wasn't here, so I, I guess I can't. You couldn't keep us in line with it. Yeah, I can't blame you. Um, what was y'all's biggest takeaway from James Hicks? And how about the fact that we were we were all crossing our fingers? Our boy delivered yesterday as well. He didn't have to come in here yep. and talk about I gave up five runs and six hits and two and a half, hit, you know, two and a third or something. I, I was going to say, we can save our takeaways from James for the other side of the break. How's that sound? Sounds great. Run to another timeout. Come back on the other side. More of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Uh, yeah! Back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you on this Thursday morning and teased it before the break with James Hicks being in here last hour from the Gamecocks baseball team. What our biggest takeaways from our conversations were. Uh, Chris, I'll let you start. So, Wes, we introduced, nobody knew this, not James, not Tyler. We introduced a little new segment, Make Your Case. James Hicks was our guinea pig because he's he can handle it. He's good. Um, we were talking about some of the rule changes and or potential rule, rule changes in college baseball, and he loves instant replay. But one thing that he told me that was very interesting was that he's not in favor of, like, VR umpires. He wants the real live umpire. So I said, well, make your case for it. And he said he feels like as a pitcher that he benefits more from umpires' errors, mistakes, because catchers are so good at framing up pitches. So, yeah, they're going to miss some ball strike calls, but he feels like more often than not that goes in the pitcher's favor. So he wants the live umpire. That's interesting. Yeah, you know, and I, I think, I mean, I mean, I grew up, I mean, I still am, but I grew up a huge Braves fan. How many, how many Greg Maddox pitches are being called a ball now that were a strike back then? And a lot of times it's because you're manipulating, okay, that's being called a strike. And if you have a guy like Maddox, who just the best I've ever seen at pinpoint accuracy, uh, we're going to slide this glove out another centimeter. Oh, now that's a strike? We're going to slide this glove out another centimeter. And you're just kind of buying, you're buying that strike, basically. And, um, you know, I think for a pitcher, you're sitting there. If, if it's called by the absolute letter, although you're in Major League Baseball, you know, I watch a ton of MLB. You're actually already seeing it because the the umpires are graded on a similar, you know, it's not an actual system where it's a robo-ump, but they're graded by essentially a robo-ump. And there, there is a little bit of margin for error on that. But the 
you slowly have gotten away from the idea of being able to steal a strike. Right. Um, I think we're ultimately headed to, my guess is real-life umpire, but with a earpiece. Yeah, it's that, kind of a, like a hybrid system almost. Yeah, that tells them if it's a strike or, I mean, guys, I think we're headed towards not full-on replay, but maybe you have one you have one opportunity each game. Hey, check with the check with the thing. Not not that you stop. I, I think the last thing we need is more people putting on headsets and going to some iPad and looking at it and being like, "Hey guys, is this a? Let me call New York." Um, and then I you do the dial up to connect with them, and just all this it's just awful. That's what James said. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. he he's actually in favor of more replay. He thinks it does help the game. And one, and one of the Did things, he state his case on that? No. I mean, we, not as much. He just said he, he was a fan of it. Yeah, he, he said he was a fan of replay. But he, he was talking about the pitch clock, too. Yeah, that that's new in MLB yeah. this year. Uh, and he mentioned at one point that some of the stuff that they've, they've put in, like by the time that you stop the game to explain the rules... You guys just throwing the pitch. Because this happened to Jerzenbeck in his start on yeah. Tuesday night was he violated the clock. They added a ball to his count, and they did. They basically had to say, okay, now you have an extra ball. And then Kingston comes out there and is arguing the case. So for those, you know, five seconds that Jerzenbeck didn't account for, we've now it wasted, you know, 45 seconds to another minute. Well, I think the – I'm sure the theory is, yeah, in that instance, you wasted another minute, but – Overall, over the course scheme. of a season, sure. speeding it up yeah. is going to save many, many minutes. But that was from a pitcher's perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I get it. And I don't know. I, I think much like we talked about with advertising yesterday, it's not that it's not that you you know need less ads. It's let's be more efficient with the advertising. Let's be more efficient with the replay. That college baseball is actually. Well, college football is the same. They're both equally, what's the word, worse than awful. They're atrocious. atrocious. Oh, great word. word. They are absolutely atrocious. This whole, whenever you see them make that little motion about the headset, it just makes you cringe because you know <laughs> they're going to walk. In college baseball, they walk all the way across. Yeah, we can't get a guy run out there with an iPad to home plate or something like they that. They go into the I- dugout. They, I mean, it is so silly. Like, there there has to be a more efficient way to do it. And, and I, I think with the strike zone, you know, robo-ump, all that stuff, that information is available like that. So I, I think there would be a pretty easy way to do that. Um, but, but the replay, I was all about replay because there's so many bad calls. Yeah. But, man, it has completely changed the flow of, of all sports. So I, I'm... I'm a little more in line with, all right, is there a way to do this efficiently? Yeah, not not very fun to watch some of those things. Also not very fun, guys, to watch sports or other programming on your television if you don't have, A, a great streaming connection because you might have the kids on their tablets doing things. You might have a couple different games going on. you got your internet signal when you're on Twitter, when you're surfing GamecockCentral.com, streaming 107.5 The Game, all that good stuff. You'll make sure you have a great streaming connection. You also want to make sure that you have 
the right equipment. Best TV, soundbar, Sonos wireless speakers, and it's beautiful outside. And we're now in the midst of baseball season. Check out the local baseball offerings from South Carolina's team. Make sure that you call the team at Integrated Media to see what they can do for you. If you want to go sit outside and take in some baseball in this great spell of weather that we're having and throughout the spring, you can go check out some inspiration photos on their Facebook or their Instagram page, Integrated Media Columbia. That's how you can check that out. Give them a call, 803-948-8327. If you just want an outdoor, you know, audio-visual solution, they can provide that for you. They can do that, or they can do something as complex as an entire smart home system. You can kind of dream it up. They can do it for you, Integrated Media. That's integratedmediainc.com or 803-948-8327. Yeah, with that, we'll head into our last timeout, come back on the other side, wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover mm-hmm. Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris here on 107.5 The Game. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, the game costs. 107.5. The game. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you for a few more minutes on this Thursday morning. You know, have been talking about our conversation with James Hicks from the Garnet Trust Hour, and that'll be up uh, shortly on the 107.5 The Game uh, podcast page. He came off his start last night, went five innings, only surrendering two hits, two walks, and had two strikeouts as well. That led the Gamecocks to a 12-0 defeat of Queens out of Charlotte. They're off to a hot start this season, 5-0, and and uh, scoring in double digits in all of their games. The discussion, rightfully so, has been about the hitting so far, the bats. And, you know, comparing that to maybe last year, I think. And have these necessarily been great teams? I think we'd all agree probably not. But I think the reason for encouragement, if you're a South Carolina fan, is A... South Carolina didn't necessarily just take care of business like this against these teams last season. And B, I feel like pitching depth was such an issue last season. And, you know, that can that can really, I would say, show itself in, in multiple ways. That can be pitching depth issues in terms of, like, your bullpen and your sort of weekend games, your conference games coming up. But also, that can be in terms of, and a lot of times maybe there's overlap here, but that can be in terms of do you have the arms that can at least match up with the quote-unquote lesser opponents that you're going to face in midweek situations. I think, you know, some some of the hitting, they're going to come back to earth, obviously. They're going to face much better competition. Like, the entire SEC... Is either in the top 25 or, like, knocking on the door for the top 25. But but I, I think really what killed the season last year, so many midweek issues, whether it's 
losing a midweek game, or, you know, that could even manifest itself in terms of you have to pitch a guy on the midweek out of the bullpen that you actually would have been much better off in a perfect world of saving to the weekend. So I know that we have a very short sample size so far. But I think if you're a Carolina fan, you got to be very encouraged. Uh, people like James Hicks, the fact that Carolina has been able to pitch these two midweek games and has gotten excellent starts, some talented kids. It just feels, I think we thought and knew this team was going to pitch, especially on the weekend. But I think there are some very encouraging early signs about being able to pitch on, you know, your Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And that is how you make the tournament is to not blow a bunch of games to teams you're, quote, supposed to beat. Yeah, we, we've all seen it. it. We've seen it on some of the best teams in South Carolina history where you go, what? Like, <laughs> you know, whether it's to e- even, you know, you think about the Clemson game, what was the one year that South Carolina won the national title? They lost to Clemson, I think, was that 19-6 to or something like that in that one game. You think about all the different... Here's a here's a Winthrop loss and a Citadel loss just over the years, um, and and that's kind of crossed over to several teams. You know, it doesn't mean that because they've dominated these first several games, now now you've punched your ticket to Omaha, or that you've even made the tournament. Um, but it does show some of the things you're talking about: the hitting potential. Even though the competition's going to ratchet up a lot, uh, the pitching depth, the pitching potential. Interesting thing about the staff, pitching staff, Wes, is that Mark Kingston, when he said this about Will Sanders. He said it about James Hicks. Um, he said it after the Queens game about Matthew Becker that none of those guys are as good, in his opinion, as they're going to be. And I think there's some different reasons for that. You know, you look at Hicks. I mean, that was his most extended action in, in basically a year. You know, since coming back from Tommy John, he had a couple innings earlier this season. Um, you know, Mark Kingston talking about Matthew Becker yesterday. He pitched two hitless innings, two strikeouts. Um, but Kingston felt like he was better in the second inning than the first and that he's going to get better. Will Sanders, you know, didn't pitch a lot as much as some of the other guys in the offseason. So there's room to improve there for him. And we know that Will Sanders is a guy that has high-level – MLB draft pick talent. James Hicks, a 15th round draft pick, you know, from the Orioles and, and came back to school. So even even though they're down a couple guys that could have helped them and, and been even deeper, you know, Kimbrell, um, Ricky Williams, even though they're down those guys, they've still built some depth. And, of course, the hitting start's been fantastic too. Yeah, I think you have to, especially in baseball, really in all sports, but – you have to have enough depth that you you don't know who the injuries are going to come to, but you know you're going to have injuries. <clears throat> you're going to have injuries preseason that are more long-term things, and then you're going to have things that pop up during the season, and you just hope that they aren't season-ending. But you, you got to have enough depth to start off, you know, that you can sort of maintain what you want to be and who you want to be as a team, even with those injuries. But... I mean, Chris, I, I pulled up I, – I mean, I knew there were times it got bad last year, but I, I pulled up the schedule. I mean, even right off the bat, a loss to UNCG in the opening weekend, 
an extra innings win. You know, they, they were, I believe that's the game they came from behind down a ton of runs. They were, you know, an eyelash away from actually losing the opening weekend series to UNCG last year. Um, swept by Clemson, a loss to um, Xavier, uh, a loss to the Citadel, a loss to PC. Um, let's see. I know there's more. A loss to, uh, no, they beat North Carolina A&T. A loss to USC Upstate. So, I mean, there were there were some, some really bad moments in the midweek that I, I think, you know, you're going to have those. There will be, there will be a, quote, fans will call it an embarrassing, you know, it was an embarrassing <laughs> loss. This should never happen. Those things are going to happen in baseball. It's just the sport. But I, I think they've much, they've situated themselves to where they're not going to be in a, a battle. It felt like they were in a battle every game last year, whether you were the bigger name program or not. And, you know, I, I just, I, I think they're going to be in a situation where they don't necessarily feel that way this year. They've been able to get leads on teams. They've been able to, I think it's going to be very beneficial down the stretch. Um, you know, once they start getting into SEC play, not down the stretch, but once they sort of start getting to the meat of the schedule, you've played so many guys to this point. The fact that you've gotten leads on teams have let you experiment with, you know, getting getting different guys in, getting guys in in different situations, getting them in in different positions. What is your strategy in terms of, I want an offensive-oriented lineup. What is your strategy in terms of getting defensive specialists on the field, you know, lefty-righty matchups, all these different things. When you're winning big, you can not experiment. That's probably not the word, but you can trial and error some things knowing that you already have a pretty big lead. Trial and error, good with big 10-run leads, not as much when you're trying to preserve a no-hitter like James Hicks throwing a cutter. Not the time to experiment. Yes. I'm, I'm never going to get over that. Real quick before we uh, finish out the show and talk a little bit more Gamecock baseball, all across the country, drivers, and that can be you too, are reaping the rewards of safer driving with State Farm's updated Drive Safe and Save app. You can earn up to 30% savings, and it has dynamic new features like interactive maps and even driving tips when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can download the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm to get started on your savings, or you can call or stop by your local State Farm agent's office. And that for you and for me is Amy Mason Cup of State Farm. She has an experienced, knowledgeable, and helpful team. They can help you with all sorts of policy policies, everything from home to life insurance, Medicare supplements, and more. Whatever your needs are, she and State Farm have you covered? Her office is 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4. Her website is amymasoncup.com, M-A-S-I-N-C-U-P-P.com, or 803-772-5554. 
Make sure you give her a call to learn more about the Drive Safe and Save app, how you can switch and save on your insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I asked James last hour, guys, like, hey, you, you knew this team was going to be good. Like, that's what he thought. He said that before. Um, he thought this would be a good hitting team, but I said, did, did you expect this? Did you expect you know, all these runs the first five games? Did you expect 20 home runs? He said, no, I, I didn't really expect that. Uh but he did say that he felt like they were probably a couple players deep at every position. Um, and he thought that they were going to be a really, really good hitting team. But he was talking about, actually off air, talking about how kind of crazy it was to sit there, just how fun it was to see all these balls sailing over the fences uh, in Founders Park. But, I mean, it, it's been a torrid start. I, I agree with you. The market will correct a little bit. Like it, it has to. I mean, it has to. I mean, they're not going to do this in conference play. Probably not going to do it even in non-conference games yeah, no. going forward. But, I mean, it has been fun to watch. Well, it's been fun to hear Tommy Moody call... Um, Grand slams. Yeah, home run balls. Grand salamis. That's what he calls them. I, I love listening to Tommy. On, it's like a, a rite of passage into spring, listening to Tommy Moody here on the game. It, you can tell Gamecock fans are... Their their attention, you know, there's hardcore baseball fans that are they're there regardless. I'm not talking about you guys. They may be a little more, you know, maybe they're curious. They're not all quite in yet, but you can tell the interest has been peaked. Not to get ahead, but after getting swept by Clemson last year, you can already go ahead and circle that series as being such an important early test. And just an early benchmark on what this season is going to mean, not just for the team, but certainly for the fans as well. Absolutely. And that'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs, we'll be back tomorrow. Wes and Chris will be on location at Firehouse Subs tomorrow as we wrap up the week on what's going to be a busy weekend ahead in Gamecock sports. Halftime Show with Jay and Terry coming up next right here on 107.5 The Game.